like I said, I cold called everyone, and so imagine if I cold called 100 people, I would only get responses for two of those. Welcome to the podcast. What does it take? PM edition. This podcast focuses on interviewing current product managers in tech regarding their unique background and experiences with the goal to answer one question. What does it take to become a PM? I'm Sean. I'm Ray. And we are both PMs at Microsoft and we co-host the podcast. What does it take? Today, we have Jenny Lee as a guest joining us. Jenny is a program manager at Microsoft and has been with the company for a little less than a year. She graduated from University of Washington with a major in informatics and minor in math. She also loves dedicating her time for personal growth, such as taking public speaking courses and project management certificate. Outside of work, she loves traveling. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for having you guys. I'm really excited to be here. Hey, Jenny. Welcome. So today we want to start off with asking you a little bit more about what you do currently today. Sure. So as Ray mentioned, I am currently a program manager in Azure Commerce and Ecosystems in Microsoft, which means that uh, whatever products that we build in Microsoft, uh, whether that's Xbox, Office, Azure, et cetera, et cetera, we need to be able to sell it. So I work on the commerce platform to sell um, the products that we work on. Tell us how, how you learn more about PM. Sure. So let me uh, tell you my whole spiel and my whole story. Uh, I didn't always know about PM and um, didn't know that I wanted to be a PM. And like most people, I didn't even know what PMs were. Are they project managers? Are they product managers? What do they even do? Like, do they just sit there and kind of go to meetings? I didn't really know the purpose of PM and I didn't even know those existed in the first place. And so rewind, um, originally I actually wanted to be a hotel manager um, back in middle school and high school days. And I um, ended up not becoming a hotel manager. I chose to be a mechanical engineer um, when I went to college and I did two years. So I did my sophomore and then during my junior year, uh, a year and a half before I was supposed to graduate, I dropped my major and said, no, this is not the right path for me. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Which happens very often to many students, right? Does it actually happen to all, many students? I, I, I switched major three times too. Really? So, and I've seen many <laughs> friends who switch majors. Really? I actually seen the opposite where people kind of fall into the comfort zone of, okay, I guess this is my major. I guess I'll just keep going with it instead of actually finding their passion. I find that people just go with the flow just because they're in the major and that's not that's not what you should be doing if you want to actually be happy with what you're doing every day yeah um, I think for me personally though I I wasn't really looking at my major um, maybe the same way as you guys were I kind of looked at college as a requirement um, and that's not uh, downgrading the uh, that is that's not knocking going to college I think mm -hmm. college is very important there's a lot of uh, strengths you learn from college mm. but uh, I really felt, found my value from doing side projects at the university and like doing a, a startup and getting into um, ideas that just interest me and expanding on those further. Um, during any of your time at college, did you go out and do any type of side project or pursue any of your interests from like a, a business perspective or even just like a hackathon perspective? 
the reason why I chose to go into tech in the first place was because of a project-based class. Um, I took this introductory class for informatics, which was the major that I finished with. Um, and it was a very project-based class where there were no tests and the whole classroom setting was built around kind of working on this one project that you needed to ship at the end, or at least um, finish at the end of um, the course. And so with that class, I realized that one, I was not a very good person with a testing environment and I thrived very well in projects. And two, I loved planning things and seeing it being executed and seeing kind of the final results and seeing it come together. And that's where I kind of really realized that projects were my path and I really liked kind of more project-based courses and project-based um, things to actually work on. And so then to answer your question, after discovering that, after discovering that I liked projects, I kind of actually scavenged and I kind of looked for other people to work on side projects with me. And so I did have several kind of startup ventures that I tried to tap in, but never actually finished it. What were some of the ideas you had? Um, one of them was kind of language learning connections. So think of it as Tinder for language learning. So you get matched with kind of people that you want to learn languages with and you try to meet with them in person and try to conversate. Sure. I think, um, you know, failing in a startup is in college is probably 99.9% .9 of everybody <laughs> that starts a startup in college probably experiences that, right? Yeah. Um, I think the more important thing is that it, you went out and did something that you were passionate about or you pursued something of interest to you and uh, really what we would call probably a go-getter, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think the interesting thing about PMs are they kind of are synonymous with being a go-getter. Mm -hmm. so. I completely agree. And what actually stood out to um, stood out for me from uh, a lot of the other candidates when I was interviewing around or when I was talking to people or networking around, a lot of people love the fact that I went outside of my schoolwork and outside of my comfort zone and actually try to do my own thing, do my own projects and do stuff outside of the actual you know, basics of school. And I think that actually makes a candidate stand out when I'm looking, when I'm interviewing people as well. When people actually go out of their way, out of, you know, doing the basic requirements, which a lot of people have already done anyway. So I want to look for that unique thing that they've done or that they've tried and see what they've learned from it and see their takeaways and see what they can do to apply to their real lives now. Do you have any advice for students that's looking into projects but don't know where to start or what to start on? So uh, one of the ways that I would recommend is looking at kind of solving your own problems. I know when I was trying the language learning uh, app, I was trying to learn Chinese at the time. And I realized that the best way to learn Chinese was to talk to people, but I didn't have a way to meet people who spoke that language. And so I try to solve my own problems and that would scale to solve more problems who might have similar problems as me. And so trying to focus on yourself and seeing like the problems that you have every day and trying to solve that through tech or through even building hardware or whatever that it might be. I think that's a good way to start. So one thing I want to ask there um, on, on what you just mentioned, you said you were doing a language learning yourself. Um, there's a lot of apps out there that you could use to learn. So why did you, instead of going out there and use these apps to learn, like how did you actually 
go on to create, try to create yourself because that transition might be, you know, not easy for a lot of students because, you know, that's actually going out of your way to build something, right? Yeah, it's so, a mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. that mindset. Um, is that something that you had in yourself or at that moment it was just mm. kind of like in the moment thing that you just wanted to do? Well, I think uh, when I realized that there was a, I wanted to learn the language and that um, I wanted to solve my own problems, I kind of actually did a little bit of market research. And I realized that what I wanted um, out of these apps, they couldn't provide for me. So I identified the gap. And so rather than kind of trying to fit into the norm of, you know, fitting into like an app that I that already exists, I try to fill in that gap by creating my own project and seeing, you know, how we can expand from there. And so I was very active in identifying that gap, doing the market analysis. And I think that also comes with my personality and always trying to look for the problems and trying to solve it. Would you say this experience helped you get an interview at Microsoft? I think it was one of the big factors that did help me because they saw that I was very proactive with the problems that I was seeing because what Microsoft and what a lot of great companies look for in PMs is that when people see when PMs see a problem they want to actually solve it rather than turning the blind eye at it. And so with these type of side projects, I would identify the problem and go head on with trying to solve it rather than trying to be trying to conform to the norm of, you know, using the other apps to solve my problems for me. And I would assume that you highlighted this on your resume, right? And how that's the thing about the resume, like how do you highlight certain things that you did in the project, such as like a project management or you know, the PM things that you did? It's hard to show it in words. I think that's a difficult part. Um, and I would always highlight with um, a lot of my projects kind of the role that I took with each of the projects. So with me, I wanted to be very well-rounded. So I wanted some designer, uh, some designer experience. I wanted some dev experience. I wanted some PM experiences. And so with each project, I would highlight the role that I was and what I contributed as that role. Um, and so by showing that, it showed that I understood the development, the tech, as well as the design, as well as kind of actually executing through PM. And so highlighting kind of the roles that I had and showing that I was well-rounded helped me kind of stand out. And of course, when I got to talk to them in person, I got to elaborate a lot more on what I did and why I did this and how I was able to resolve certain problems and whatnot. And how did that transition from you taking a resume or and even applying or getting in touch with a company like Microsoft? Yeah, and I think one thing that actually made me stand out was that I went out of my way to go to every single networking event in Seattle, probably. Um, I was a regular on Eventbrite. And so every week I would go on Eventbrite and look at what are kind of events that are coming up in the next two weeks or one month and kind of put it all in my calendar all of them, all the ones that I would be interested in and make it kind of an effort to go to all, 
to most of them, not all of them, because I was a student at the time too, but most of them, and try to meet at least three people from each event that I would be really interested in talking to, whether that's the positions that I try to be in or whether those are people that would work with the people that I would be interested in. Um, so I would highlight kind of the people that I would be interested in meeting and really make myself available to talk to them. And uh, talking does much more justice than what I can write on paper. So that's kind of what set me apart from a lot of the other candidates, I think. Yeah, I feel very similar about that too because I would always go to career fair events as well too because I felt like um, I'm not a great writer, but I know my experiences really well and I feel like I know how to relate them to what I want out of a specific goal I had set for myself, Mm -hmm. which was to get a job at Microsoft at the time. Mm And when I was able to talk to somebody face-to-face, I really felt like I was able to uh, provide that value much better Mm -hmm. than on a piece of paper that I would already felt wasn't going to get looked at, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, They have thousands and thousands of resumes to go through each person. And so how do I get myself out there? How do I get myself noticed? That's what is going to actually, you need to find your unique balance and unique thing that stands out. Did you go to career fairs at University of Washington? I did. I went to almost every single one of them. And I now I actually volunteer as a recruiter at career fairs. So it's actually interesting to see it from the other side. But yeah, I actually went to every single career fair. And I noticed that I got more callbacks from career fairs than I would if I just applied cold online. Yeah, I would say go visit Jenny when you go to the career fair at University of Washington. Um, <laughs> and one more point about this uh, is that I think as a university student, what you're going to notice as you go to more of these career fairs, if you're a freshman, you probably haven't been to too many. Sophomores, sophomores might be going. Uh, juniors are definitely probably going. And then seniors, are we, we know, are going. Um, yeah. But when I was in the long lines for these tech companies like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, um, what I noticed as I was getting closer to the front of the line as I started hearing people make their pitches to these recruiters that were standing there is a lot of them were talking about the same things. Uh, As you listen to people give their pitches, they're talking about their coursework. They're talking, and probably most of these people are in the same classes too. So it's like you're competing with your classmates, right? Um, So what that made me think about is like, what could set me apart when I go up and speak to this recruiter that will make Mm -hmm. them remember me? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always the side projects. And I just naturally gravitated to those because that's where I was passionate. My passion lied anyways. So it was easy for me to show emotion and show passion behind those side projects because I lived those. I really enjoyed doing those compared to my classwork where it kind of felt more like a requirement. You know, Sean, if I interviewed you during that career fair panel line, I would hire you right on the spot. That <laughs> nailed it. Um, and one I thing that, that I... <laughs> And one thing to also highlight is that I really look for the passion and kind of the reason why. Um, when I was being recruited, I was trying to be me, 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 me. And um, at one point, I mean, I guess it worked where I was like, oh, I want to be a PM and I want to do this and this and this. But what actually really stands out from a recruiter's perspective is what can you do for us? Like what value can we provide for you to, for you to grow? But also what value are you going to bring back to us and in what way? 
And so a way to kind of talk about that is, first of all, when I ask, okay, so why Microsoft? Kind of being specific about what about Microsoft that you actually are passionate about that you would like to work on. For example, that could be a product, a mission, a value that Microsoft has that you're really interested in doing. Um, for example, when I ask, okay, why Microsoft and what product and what would you be like to work on ideally? And the candidates that really stand out are the ones that can concretely really nail down what they want to work on. If they say something very generic like, oh, I want to work on like Xbox because I like gaming, that doesn't really stand out to me as much. If they specify down, I want to work on um, a specific console and a, you know, like a specific console because I've noticed that it doesn't it doesn't work with certain thumbs or it doesn't work with certain people. And so if they specify down what they want to work on and why they want to work on and kind of how we can provide that value for you and how in turn you can provide that value for me or for Microsoft, um, that really is a star candidate in my eyes. What if you're not sure if you want to be a PM? Like, what do you say then? Yeah, I mean, you can even be generic as I I'm not sure if I want to be a PM and I'm not sure because I haven't had that experience yet, but I would love to try it because like I've noticed that I liked X, Y, and Z and I've been good at X, Y, A, B, C and kind of listing out the reasons. As long as you can support why, um, there's no reason for you to kind of go on. That. And you can also relate back to your experience and exactly. the projects that you did. Exactly. So again, it just goes all the way back in a circle of um, with the core being your passion. So to clarify here, it was the change in major to informatics. It was the project-based classes in informatics that introduced you to PM. And then from there, you went on to go to the career fair to search for these jobs. Exactly. And um, even prior to, prior to that, I would actually do like an intermediate step of talking to people in my major. And so the people who graduated from my major, people who are actually in my major, see everyone and see what they were doing and see what kind of paths that they were taking. Because there's so many ways that you can uh, split up informatics. You can either be a software dev, you can be a PM, you can be a designer, you can be a cybersecurity, you can be data science. There's so many options. So I would talk to the people in my major and the alumni to get a sense of what people were doing outside of those majors. And how do you talk to them? Like, were you reaching out to the strangers or were you messaging them on LinkedIn or... Um, I think the first step was actually talking to my professor for the introductory level informatics class. And then I would also talk to my TA, so the teacher's assistants. And um, those were people who were in the major who were very familiar with the program and saw what people did outside of that um, after graduating from that program. And so after that, I would kind of start talking to the people in my classes and, you know, off of that, you know, some people, if I started being interested in PM, I would be like, oh, yeah, do you know any PM interns or PM full times that graduated from this and kind of uh, spider web this out where um, I would meet one person who would introduce me to two people who would introduce me to four people, which kind of did a ripple effect. And was there ever time that you reach out to strangers or cold, cold email to people? You know, I actually did quite a bit. After my senior year, I would uh, 
look for all the people that I aspired to be. So I would look for a lot of the PMs who were actually already in the industry. So PMs at Facebook, Google, Microsoft. And by LinkedIn, was it? Yeah. Okay. So LinkedIn. So you would just search and type exactly. Facebook PM or Microsoft PM. Exactly. So I would use the filter system um, everywhere. So I would do first, I would say product manager or program manager. And then I would filter it down to the companies that I was interested in. And then through the second connections, first or second connections, because there's a way to filter it to people who you had mutual connections with or people who you were already connected with and kind of filter, keep using the filter system to filter out the narrow set of people that I should reach out to. And then I would send messages to all of them and try to do connect requests and kind of um, utilize the 300 character as much as possible. And what were some of the things that you said? Because... I mean, I'm sure people reach out to them all the time. So oh, yeah. this is, again, going back to the career fair, right? How do you stand out from other messages? Yeah. So uh, like I said, I cold called everyone. And so imagine if I cold called 100 people, I would only get responses for two of those. And so cold calling does not always equal to responses. And so what kind of made me stand out from all the other candidates was actually kind of making my messages unique to that person. And so um, I think there's actually four, four things that you need to do. Number one is personalize. So personalize to that person's profile, to what they actually work on. Flatter in a way that's relevant. Um, and then do a background of yourself. And then four would be action item, what they can actually do in the short term that they can take action on. For example, if I wanted to meet you, Ray, and um, I saw that you were a PM and you had some CEO experience of a small um, in a night market or something, <laughs> just hypothetically, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually but, did have experience. <laughs> yeah, and I was interested in doing my own kind of startups or even being a PM at Microsoft. I would do, hi, Ray, um, and do a little personalization of saying like, Oh, I, w I saw that you were um, you started your own night market at um, X, Y and Z. And I um, saw that you landed a job at PM. And so kind of flattering them and kind of being like, oh, yeah, you did a great job landing that job. And then be like, oh, yeah, I'm a senior at UW. And so providing a short one sentence background. I'm a senior at UW trying to learn about what it means to be PM. And then providing an action item, which means, hey, could I um, could I take 30 minutes of your day to um, treat you to coffee and pick your brain a bit? And so it's short and sweet, but it also gives them an action item that they can take action on right away. Did you do any internships, Jenny? Yeah, I actually had several internships. So the first internship was uh, more towards engineering, mechanical engineering, which I did in Korea at Hyundai. And I actually transitioned to a marketing role there because they realized that I was bilingual. And so they thought I would be much more valuable in the marketing team. And then um, when I came back to the States, I started looking for other internships. And um, I landed in a marketing uh, marketing company, digital marketing company, because I had that marketing experience. And I ended up actually doing more of the technical kind of marketing, digital marketing. So kind of looking for the schemas and the canonical tags and kind of looking at the different uh, technical aspects. And um, from that, I was able to kind of take away how project management worked, how things worked in an agile scrum method. And I was able to use that when I was uh, interviewing around for my second internship. 
And so um, it's not actually about the role that you have, but what you take away and um, kind of actually filtering out what you actually can get valuable information from. I was a digital marketing um, intern, but I was able to work very closely with the tech people, with the IT support, with the PMs, with all sorts of people and kind of get snippets of what I needed to kind of advocate for myself as a PM. Yeah, so at that point is when you kind of realized you wanted to be a PM in that second internship and you realized that maybe that internship wasn't a PM title, but you tried to extract what a PM was and what you could get out of that internship to further your experience uh, when becoming a PM. Exactly, exactly. You nailed it on the spot. So I actually, it was at a smaller digital marketing company. And so because it was at a small scale company, I had the flexibility to wear many different hats. And so I would talk to directly to my CEO and tell him, hey, I actually really like this project management execution part. Can I get more projects where I can exercise these type of skills? And because of that, one, they loved how I was being very active about, proactive about what I wanted and what kind of value that I wanted to provide to the company. And two, I got to kind of practice at a lower stake environment. And so I hit, I killed two birds with one stone with that smaller internship. And although I don't have the branding as Microsoft, Facebook, Google, I got to have a bigger role as an intern in a smaller company, which I think is a very valuable experience that a lot of big companies look at when they're looking for full-time. After that internship had concluded, what were the next steps in your journey to becoming a PM? Um, at that point, I had gotten into my major. So I had that stability of having a major and having some sort of a path of where I wanted to go. And so I started applying for all these sorts of PM internships that I could find, whether that was big companies, medium-sized companies, small companies, every single PM internships that I could find online, I would apply to. And obviously, I would go to all these networking events and kind of ask about PM internships that each company would provide. And um, even though I tried really, really hard with all these networking and kind of applying online, I got rejected from a lot of the big companies that I want to go to, a lot of the big tech companies. And I got roles as a project manager or a solutions technician or like a consultant from um, non-tech related companies. But that wasn't where I actually put my passion and that wasn't what I was actually wanting to do. And so instead of um, settling for a non-technical uh, project management role, I actually decided to go to a smaller tech company and be a program manager there. And so I would be able to wear a lot of different hats and have a bigger impact. Although it was a smaller product, I would still be able to have that impact as a PM. And I was able to leverage that experience when I was uh, interviewing for full-time positions as well, because it's not like a common experience that you get a PM internship at a smaller company. That's not generally what you would see. But I try to make the best out of the circumstances that I had. And so um, I guess to summarize... Uh, you know, I got rejected from the four big companies, but did that stop me from applying more? And did that stop me from trying other things? No, I try to make the best out of what I had. Yeah, I think there's a strong reflection point here is um, what you'll probably find yourself doing a lot as a college student is comparing yourself to your peers. And if you have friends who are getting jobs at tech companies or places you want to go, or even, you know, 
jobs in their desired field that are equivalent to what you would look at as a tech company. You shouldn't, if you can't get into that now, you shouldn't do something that's not on the path to getting you to where you want to go just because you want something to be portrayed uh, in a higher manner. Um, if you have a plan to become a PM at Microsoft and that's your dream job, you need to figure out the roadmap of how to get there. And it sounds like that's what you did, Jenny. Exactly. Instead of taking a role that was not going to get you to Microsoft just because it was an opportunity, you decided to do a role that would help you get to Microsoft. Yeah, and to add on to that, like that's a really good point. Instead of focusing on the big big wins, I would try to go for like the small little wins in between to get to where I actually wanted to be. And so instead of trying to land the one big internship, because I would got I got rejected from that, I would try to look for the small wins in other circumstances and other situations to get to my eventual place. Yeah, you didn't give up. You still had the end vision in mind. You just realize you had to take a step back to get there. Exactly. And if you look at my life story, actually, I never really got my first place or I never got first place in anything. I never got my first choice in a lot of things. But I think what really set me apart was kind of trying to be a shining star in the second place position or be a shiny star in even the fourth place and kind of make the best out of that and keep training myself during fourth place to get to first place in the end. We like to end our uh, podcast with a thought-provoking questions. What does it take to be a PM? What does it take to be a PM? We touched on a lot of topics today, uh, and I think it comes down to um, not, you know, being down in your current situation because you should always be forward looking. You don't. You shouldn't be set back by the fact that you're second or fourth place. You should be striving to be first place because if you don't keep striving, if you don't keep putting in that effort, then you're not going to get there and you might even get back actually to fifth place or sixth place. And so always looking forward and trying to be a little bit more futuristic and making sure that you're showing your passion and kind of figuring out why you want to be what you want to be. To summarize our conversation we had with Jenny, and three major takeaways of what she believes it takes to be a PM are Number one, be strategic with networking and cold emailing. Think from recruiter's perspective and think about the value you provide for the company by hiring you. It's not just about what you've done before, but more so about the value you can provide. For cold calling and emailing, personalize your message, flatter in relevant way. Provide background of yourself and the action item. Number two, be forward-looking. Set a goal for yourself and make the best out of your current situation to strive towards your goal. Even as an intern working for a company that you didn't plan to work, you should find a way to take on a project that you know will carry with you to the next step. Number three, know your strength. Jenny knew that her resume won't get looked at as much, but she knew her strength lies in connecting in person. She tried to tell a story in her resume that she's a well-rounded person having experience in different roles. Once she got a chance to meet recruiters in person, 
she was able to showcase her strength by connecting interpersonally and elaborating on her past experience. Thank you for listening to What Does It Take podcast. Again, this was Ray, aka the PM Guy, and Sean Thompson. You can search up the PM Guy on YouTube to get access to interviews of PMs with unique backgrounds. And also, you can search up What Does It Take on any podcast platforms you use. You can search me up on LinkedIn profile by typing Ray Kim as well. Vicky Chu helped out with the video editing. And if you like to help out with this project, whether if your talent lies in video shoots, audio editing, script writing, marketing, we have our door open to any offer, so shoot me a message. We also plan to visit different universities to do a live fireside chat slash Q&A to connect on a face-to-face level and also to hear from students directly about any challenges that come with job hunting. If you think your school or organization will benefit from us visiting, let us know and let's see if we can accommodate a visit. We will be back with another episode that interviews PMs with unique background. If you want to be the first one to be notified of our new episode, make sure to subscribe to PM Guy YouTube channel or what does it take on any podcast platform you use. Until next time, peace.